Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all of Shonen Jump's chapters on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. So is it super weird and off-putting to you to have just the word coronavirus in your manga this week? What? Promise Neverland has a page that's showing like all the terrors in human history, uh. like the holocaust and all that and then there's just one panel that's just some graffiti that just says coronavirus i must have missed that okay it took me right out of that yeah i'm i get him putting it in there though i kind of do it just like look don't get me wrong we're in a crisis right now i hope everybody listening is safe and healthy it just did not seem to be on the level of the other tragedies he was putting it against even if it's modern no i think it's just the modern thing like it's literally happening right now and it's pretty bad in Italy, so. And China, apparently. Maybe I shouldn't be speaking about it from my safe recording bunker, where you're my prime infection vector. Yep. So anyway, yeah, we read, what did we read? I can't pronounce it, Kevin. Chihayafuru. This week. But before that, we have a full Shonen Jump to talk about. So we will start with Demon Slayer Chapter 199, Millennial Dawn. What did you think of Demon Slayer this week, Kevin? Do we think it's going to end on 200? I don't think so. I don't. I think, don't either. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't think he's got enough to wrap it there. I really liked this chapter of Demon Slayer. Not, I really like Tanjiro, just kind of being like, it's almost here, and especially with Muzan's kind of thing of like, oh, if I use flesh as my armor, maybe I can survive the sun longer. So he like grows a bunch of extraneous flesh to turn him into this giant monster baby thing. Yeah, I did really like the giant monster baby and him being like, I will use flesh as a shield against the sun. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it burns my flesh, but I co- if I cover myself in copious amounts of flesh, it will take longer to burn me. So I should be able to escape, hopefully, because the demon slayers are on their last legs. Yeah, and I do really like the like concentrated efforts of the unnamed characters. Yes. Like, literally trying to drop a bus on him. Well, no, they Stop. drop... They drop a bookshelf, I know. Yeah, I was like, they drop a bookshelf, and then they're literally running a bus into him, where it's like, just keep him here. Slow him down. I also like the the leader, when that starts to fail, being like, no, stop, run away. Don't throw your way your lives. Like, I'll think of something else. Yeah. And the Hashira just keep trying. The one with the chain gets the chain around his neck. Yep. But even there, they're like, ah, he's too strong. Oh, there was that one moment before he started running rampant where Tanjiro is sitting there and he's like, I just got to hold the blade in. The blade loses its red luster. And he's like, oh, no, I've, I've got to keep this going. I've got to keep him pinned here. And Gyu shows up and helps him out. Yeah, and that's a really good panel. Yeah. Really good chapter. Yeah. Speaking of, that brings us to My Hero Academia number 256, Villains and Heroes. What did you think of My Hero Academia this week, Kevin? This is also good, My Hero Academia. I do love the showdown between Hawks and Twice, where it's just Hawks even being like, wow, your multiplication is insane. Like, I've been destroying your body doubles like crazy, and you're still fine. Yeah, well, and it goes to real shonen levels, where Hawks is like, hey, when it comes to villains or heroes, the ones that will never give up are the most dangerous, and you you will never give up. Yeah. That's why I have to take you out. Yeah, and he's like, that's why I focus on speed above everything else, because you are the most dangerous opponents kind of thing. Like, you're the guys who, if the fight drags on, it's impossible to beat, so I need to beat you in one blow. Yeah. It's kind of lame that it ends on the same cliffhanger as last week, more or less, with Dobby showing up to rescue him. 
Yeah, but at least we specifically know Dobby is showing up to rescue him. And yeah. it looks like Hawk's getting hit with his flame strike or his whatever I, his fire attack is. I just mean emotionally, it's the same yes. beat. I did like it, though. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Also, Sukiyomi's doing stuff. Yes. He fights Redestro, kind of. He does fight Redestro and sort of wins. Also, Gigantamachia is in the hospital. Yep. He's just hanging out. Someone's and, probably going to have to fight him. Yeah, I really like Dark Shadow. was like, oh, there was a monster in there. We need to be careful. He was like, don't worry, you beat it. He was like, no, not that one, the other one. <laughs> yeah. My hair has really been picking up the last couple weeks. Yeah. Which brings us to another series that's been picking up lately. One Piece Chapter 875, Kinamon's Clever Trick. What did you think about One Piece this week, Kevin? I really liked the turnaround on this one. Like, just the whole, oh, hey, the... Denjiro, or whatever his name is. Yes, Denjiro. Yeah, got it. Shows up with the rest of the the samurai, and he was like, Ah, Kinemon, you were so brilliant. You told them the wrong thing to, because you knew there was a traitor in your midst. And don't worry, I you know, I figured it out. We got everyone together. We can do it, guys. And just hit the look on his face when he's like, Yes, that was what the hidden message said. And is clearly, he had no clue. Yeah, I do like, like, it's such a weird face. I... I also kind of interpreted it the way you did, but I wasn't sure if that's how we were supposed to interpret it or if it was supposed to be something else. Clearly, Kinemon isn't doesn't have the look of triumph, but it's not like the comedy face that I think Odai would employ for that turn either. That is also how I read it, the way yes. you're describing it, but I wonder if it's something else, actually, Possibly. that we're supposed to be reading on his face, because that's the cliffhanger at the end of the chapter, is Kinemon's... Or I guess, not cliffhanger necessarily, but that's how the chapter goes. Yeah. Is on Kinemon's, like, Concerned? Not con- quite concerned. That's not quite the right. Like he has a very he looks su- nervous. He like- looks nervous with a very surprised face. And to me, it read as, "Oh, I got really lucky that that mistake ended up not costing us everything." Yeah, I it also read that way to me. It just didn't read to me as surprise. It led like uncertain. Kind yeah. Of. But yeah, I did super like that. That the guys. Pirates on the enemy ship are like, well, we've captured all of your, we've burned all the bridges and burned all your ships. Yeah. So, like, your army's not going to show up. We can take a couple of pirates. And I do love how the three captains are like, okay, sure, but, you know, we're main characters and you guys are a bunch of assholes without names. Yes. So don't talk so big. Yes. I also love they do the typical thing of, I'm going to wipe them all out. And then all of them are like, no, I'm going to wipe them all out. You two sit down. I do love, like, this is really the only the second time in One Piece all three of them have been together. Yes. But I love how they can't coordinate. Like, Luffy and Law figured it out, and, like, they can team up, and they, you know, Law doesn't really like Luffy, but they make a very effective team. Yes. But the moment you throw Kid in there, they're right back to just trying to compete. Yes. No, it's it's very good. I love that aspect of all three of their characters where they're like, I'm going to be the star of the show. You two sit down and shut up. So they all like each wipe out a ship in a single blow. And then just that turnaround of like, uh, you know, your your allies won't make it. We destroyed all the bridges and burned all the ships. We, the, the, we're Dendro, already here. <laughs> well, Dendro shows up and he's like, well, I have some guys. Yeah. Like I was you know hidden in the capital and I didn't tell anyone because I was afraid you had a traitor in your midst. Yeah. And then, Kinemon, you did this brilliant thing, and now the whole army's already ready. Yeah, it's like the army moved out three days ago and are already hanging out at this other port instead of, so they, they were like, oh, we're going to meet up in this place. It's like, no, it's actually meeting up over here. That was so smart of you to misinterpret Yasui's final message 
because of the traitor in your midst. Yeah. And just, especially with, I love the Samurai Frankie look. I don't remember if we've seen that before, but he's got the helmet and everything in one of the panels. Because they're like, oh, we, we shot at the South Thousand Sunny. And him and Usopp are like, yeah, this is made out of wood from the Atom Tree. A bunch of random scrubs ain't sinking my ship. Yeah, we have seen that before. But I also did really like that movement. Yeah. And that will bring us on to Samurai 8, Chapter 43, or as it's called, Final Chapter, Pandora's Box. <sighs> yeah, I mean, look, it's not his fault. Right? Well, maybe it is. We'll see. But Yeah, it just... the. And then the story ended. <laughs> sure. It will. It has to move fast, right? Because it's got to get through all of this in the final chapter. There are a lot of bits of it I really, really liked. Speaking yep. specifically of this final chapter. It just, because it, like, I felt this coming three chapters ago. Yeah. And have just felt that the whole thing has been rushed in general. Especially the whole, like, oh, look, I gained enlightenment kind of thing. Like, yeah, sure. I, <laughs> I lost once and then gained enlightenment. Well, isn't that... Lucky. <laughs> I mean, that's what you got to do if your series is ending, though, I guess. Yes. Like I said, there are bits of this I really like. I even really, really like the last page in particular. Really? That honestly really bothered me. Really? Okay. Well, because they revealed that the box was somewhere else. And then it's like, no, wait. You're the box. W wait, what? Oh, I was talking about the page of Anne as a samurai. Oh, no, that was fine. I thought you were talking... For whatever reason, I thought Hachimaru turning out to be Pandora's box. I mean, that's... Whatever. It bothered me because they literally found out that the box was on that the one planet where Daruma had been training. And it's like, that was so poetic that he had literally trained the person trying to beat him on top of Pandora's box. Like, how cool is that? And it's like, oh no, Hachimaru was Pandora's box all along. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the, the final panel of like, hey, here are the actual seven samurai with Nashi being one of them. And Anne is the samurai was... Really nice. So, like, it had some stuff going for it. Yeah, I would like to, I not. I don't have any hopes up, but I would love to see a continuation from that starting point. As rushed as this chapter was. Yeah, but I doubt it. Yeah, I do too. It's really too bad. I think this series had a ton of potential. I just had a funny thought put in my head. Of they were like, "Well, Naruto didn't work out. Let's give Let's give Bleach another try." We still got One Piece. Before one quick before one piece ends in five squared years. Yes. But specifically Burn the Witch, which was a one shot that they put on the website for the first time, but was released at least three years ago. I want no, at least two years ago. Is going to which is done by uh Kubo Kube. Kube Taito, I wanna say I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry. The the, the, bleach the, bleach, guy. the bleach guy. The bleachman. Is getting a serialization and it is a pseudo continuation of bleach in the fact that it happens in that world over in Europe 12 years after the end of the Eisenarch that like there's a date for when it actually happens it's something like that I'll really miss Samurai 8 I think Jump will be worse without it because it was like I feel like one of the top series in the magazine honestly even if it felt rushed at the end yeah i i did really enjoy the ride while it was going and then it was like uh-oh uh and then it screeched to a halt and you were flung from your vehicle yes you did not enjoy that no probably my second favorite series to be canceled after oh god i've forgotten its name it's fading from memory kevin it's gone forever the last sayuki <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think probably what it was is because he got basically wind that he was going, he was on the chopping block that he started rushing it, which is why I didn't like it. Like they put him under crunch pressure and it just, he didn't come through, which is sad, but. Yeah, my understanding was sales were just really bad, especially in Japan, which is where it matters most. Yeah, like that makes sense. So I just, I feel bad that he got put under the, he got put on the chopping block and did not manage a last minute rally. Yeah. Speaking of last minute rallies, that brings us to Act Age Chapter 106, Competition. I'm still really liking Act Age. Like, this has yeah. been a fun joy of an arc. We're getting ready. So this arc is basically a montage of going through the other nights until the final performance. Where... The penultimate performance, technically, because Team B will get one more. Yeah. After well, Team A gets their last one. I, what I meant was the final yeah. pair of performances. Like, I'm just I was treating Yes, I was treating each team's performances as a... Like, they're paired. Anyway, like you were saying correctly. And I just like that... K is like, I don't have a feeling of loving the wrong man. Yeah, like, I don't have like hatred towards men. And Nogami's like, hey, should we have that love affair after all? She's like, no, I don't have enough time to fall in love with you and then be heartbroken. Can, yeah, it was like, we don't have enough time. We've only got, we've only got a day. It's not going to work. So instead, she decides to start following Chio around and they start doing joint rehearsals. Well, first she asked the director to tell her about falling in love with her dad. Yes. And that situation. But yeah. Yeah. And the director has a really hard time explaining it. She's like, all right, well, let's let's follow Chio around. So she comes up with doing joint rehearsals, which ends up helping out both plays, which is to the detriment of Team A, because Team B's performance gets even better because of it. So they're like, well, they were already ahead of us and we moved up, but they went up as much, if not more. So that's not going okay. But. I really love at the end of the chapter, it's kind of like, we still got one performance left. This isn't over yet. Well, and I also love that the end of the chapter is just Chio and Kay, like, hanging out. Yeah. And talking about how they were both like, yeah, I thought if I beat you here, it would be good, but we're going to be, like, scrambling against each other for the rest of our lives. Yeah, we're going to be acting when we're old biddies. Uh-huh. Because Chio's thing was like, I thought if I beat you here, I'd continue acting forever. But now that I finally realized that we will be competing forever. Yeah. And I do love that, like, when Kay leaves, like, she's with Chio till the performance starts, so she can, like, stir up her hatred, yes. for lack of better term. Like, using Chio as, like, the person she needs to forgive and is in love with and is wrong. Yes. That's really powerful stuff. No, it's very good. That will lead us to Dr. Stone, Z equals 144, Ryusei and Gen versus Senko and Kahaku. This is kind of, not a worse chapter, but it's exactly the beat you expect after... Yeah. What was set up last week, so which like, isn't bad. Yeah, it was it was a fun ride, but it wasn't like peak Dr. Stone fun, no. but it was good Dr. Stone fun. Yeah. So it's not like it was a bad ride. It was just like, yeah, cool. Senku, it's Gen and Kohaku, like Gen trying silly tricks, and then Senku sciences his way into cheating. One of the things I really love is so Ryusei's hand is four of a kind aces. And they're like, ah, oh, there's no way Senku can win. And then Senku manages to pull out a royal flush with Kohaku using her super speed to pick out certain decks from the middle of the pile of the... Certain cards. Certain cards. Sorry, you're right. Certain cards out of the middle of the deck. And he, so he's like, I've got a royal flush. And I just love that the 
ears guy has been a dealer, and he's like, yeah, sure, five aces, who cares anymore? No, I did some research, and there are only four kings in a poker deck. I, what I love is that Ryu says, like, yep, you got me. <laughs> Too bad. He's not like, hey, how do you have that ace when I also have that ace? He's just like, yep. Well, presumably, to... well, Gen definitely had it up his sleeve. Like, yeah. It's super easy to figure out what happened. But I do love that Ryusei's never, never like accusing him of cheating or anything. They never go that way. Well, because Gen also basically gives him the hand. Yeah. So he's like, you just cheated better. Congrats. But I definitely love the, uh, yeah, sure, there's five aces in this deck. Whatever. <laughs> hey, they they should have got a referee. I mean, they did, but she was playing on one of the teams, <laughs> which makes it kind of not fair. That was just, that was really good. So I, I loved that panel. And like I said, it was, it was a pretty good chapter. It just not super emotional. So yeah. that will bring us to guardian of the witch. Number eight, the top hatted inventor. You've been liking this series more than me recently. So yeah. what did you think of this chapter? I still really like this chapter. Like I like this character, even though it's a bit cliched. Yeah. That's my only problem with it. I don't, didn't hate this chapter. I just found it to be incredibly generic. Yeah. But that, that doesn't really bother me because he's still got a cool character design. And even though it is a bit cliched, it's still a good cliche. Like the whole, hey, I was in love with my witch but ended up killing her. Maybe I, the two of you can actually make it. Tropes are not bad, so I don't want to give that impression. Yes. I just feel like Guardian of the Witch has been going real paint by numbers lately. It just doesn't hasn't done anything to distinguish itself since like the first arc ended if you want to call it an arc those first couple chapters yeah i still really like the premise and i like the characters so i'm not like oh this is awful or anything but it seems very middle of the road shonen to me and to be fair i'm gonna enjoy a middle of the road shonen i wouldn't well, be complaining about it i would still be reading it if i was reading shonen jump and not doing this podcast so, so don't get that feeling. yeah Part of me also wants to say that Middle of the Road Shonen might be exactly what Shonen Jump needs right now. <laughs> as sad as that sounds, we have a we have lot so of many, we've like, got a lot of really good titles leaving. So maybe they're just kind of maybe he's taking a kind of cautious approach. Yeah, I guess my my uh, contention is if Samurai Eight can't stick in this magazine, I don't see how Guardian of the Witch can stick in this magazine. Yeah, so I, I feel like that's so much stronger. Well, I'm, and, and you know the the answer is like. You know, like they say in Bakuman, it's a gamble. Yeah. If people like the art and uh, say, or like if people think Mufasa is cute and buy the first volume, if the title just like is in a better spot, if it just sells well, yeah. it'll stay because that's ultimately what it comes down to. You know, I don't want to be too harsh on any series. I mean, it's not like the creators are listening to this. They're not. They don't even speak the language. Well, maybe they do. You know, I don't. Guardian of the Witch is still something I look forward to reading, but I kind of like in a weird way have Shonen Jump divided into like the top tier, the mid card, and the bottom. And Guardian of the Witch like doesn't seem like it can get out of the mid card to me. Yeah, but maybe it can pull it around. Like, like I said, maybe he's taking a bit of a conservative approach right now to try and like garner some fans, and then maybe he'll start. Going a little bit more out of the box. I just feel like he needs to take some risks. And he's not like nothing about the last couple of chapters has excited me. Like I'm not. We've been talking around this chapter. The plot is basically that this top hatted guy is an ex-guardian. He killed his witch. He was in love with her. He regrets it. He wants to help uh, Mufasa and Guardian, whose name I can't think of right now. Uh, It's Manasfa, not Mufasa. Oh, well, (laughs) she's not. 
She's the Lion King. <laughs> that's how she has fire powers. That's that's why she burned her neck so it would be like a uh, mane. There you go. <laughs> but also, he's like, oh, I should turn them in. So he's like, okay, if you can beat me in three days, then I will train you and like yeah. and help you. Well, and you know, I get the feeling that it's not just the oh, I should turn them in. It's the kind of thing of like. If you're not going to be strong enough to go through with it, I should just end it now yeah. and reap some benefit anyway. I, I also get that feeling. It's just like the stakes don't excite me at all, I guess. Because I've seen this so many times. It's, yeah. you know, he, he, if it takes a bell test route, okay. Or if he beats him, also okay. Neither of those are super exciting to me. Neither is him. him neither is him having to escape like that twist on it. Like I said, it's not bad. I just, it's not exciting to me. Yeah. I'm not like, oh, where is this going? Yeah, like I said, I like the character design, and so that's something exciting for me. Yeah, the art has been strong, like all the character designs. They are all distinct, too. They all kind of look like they're from different series, but that doesn't overly hurt it. No. And I'm I'm kind of hoping that he will do the, all right, so we're kind of going with a bit of a paint-by-numbers right now, because we, we hooked him in, we're trying to maintain, and then I can start doing some fun stuff. Later on, like, all right, we'll have a bit of a normal beginning, but that's honestly not necessarily a bad thing, especially right now with how turbulent jump is. So, yeah, I'm not like, oh, get this out of here. There yeah. are there are at least 10 series that went canceled before this. I just don't think it can survive. We'll see. That brings us to We Never Learned Chapter 152, Thumbelina Supercomputer Part 2. I mean, it's We Never Learned, so it's good. Yeah. <laughs> The no. yeah in your voice sounded so defeated, which I think means you kind of agree with me. No, I actually really, I I don't know why it came out like that. I actually really adored the end of this chapter. Just the the whole them linking pinkies together was just kind of the that is very cute. Yeah, and I, I was I was like I really like that, especially with the whole she's like this is punishment for that thing that happened earlier with uh, taking him to the swimsuit changing. Yeah, although she takes him on purpose. To tease him. Yeah, but like she did that yeah. because of the thing. Because that... he like ran into the, the changing stall with her. Not specifically the ran into her, because she mentions, I think it's the, was it the ogre thing? Or it was one of the previous arcs with her where she ended up getting super embarrassed. She's like, this is, this is kind of punishment for that one time that you got me super embarrassed. I'm going to get you super embarrassed. And that's why I was like, this is the game we're playing, especially because she's the game girl. So Yeah. Like, I, I really liked elements of it, don't get me wrong. And I also find Ghost Girl super cute. Yes. Where she's like, oh, I can go out with you guys. As long as the owners of the apartment are going somewhere, I can hang out with them. Yeah, I can I I'm only allowed to haunt the owners of the apartment. <laughs> so if if the lease is up, if they get evicted, I have to I have to stay, but I can follow you guys around. I also love so she's got this terrifying look in the mirror. And she's like, yeah, people can see me in, like, photos or mirrors or stuff. But, unfortunately, it's not a good likeness of me. Well, she's like, it's not very flattering. Yeah, she that's She looks it. like a Japanese horror ghost. Yes. Like, she's drawn super realistic in them. It's very, very good. Uh, it was very good. So, yeah, I, I really liked Wade Neverland this week. All right. That will bring us on to Jump Card.
Jump card is the segment where we rank all the series we read from our least favorite up to our favorite. We had a full jump of 20 this week. Before we do hop into jump card, though, do we want to talk about what we're going to start talking about now that Samurai 8 is gone? The plan was to do Zipman. Are we still going to go through with that? Well, actually, like, the plan well, was to have Zipman change We Never Learn. Well, yes, but Zipman was the on-deck series, I guess. Yes, Zipman was the on-deck series. I would rather not <laughs> have that. Are you, you don't want us to punish poor Zipman every week? No. Do we want to do Promise Neverland? Which I think, that's the one I would most like to talk about. It's also that's, ending relatively yeah, soon. That's also fair. So um, then would you also like to then pick another on deck? Because <laughs> Zipman needs to get better. I mean, Zipman, I think we both thought wasn't going to survive long enough for... Well, I meant Promise Neverland is ending pretty soon. Yeah. Because so, yeah. like, the idea was to not... Oh, so is Demon was... Slayer? So is Demon Slayer. Yeah, it's going to be bad, but... <laughs> If you want to, if I'm Actually, nominating Promise not, Neverland, yeah, okay. I was like, let's, let's not talk about just it because, at the time. yeah, because Demon Slayer is ending soon, Promise Neverland's ending soon, We Never Learn is ending soon-ish. You know, any of them could be first, right? Yeah, any of them could. Well, I don't think Promise or We Never Learn. We have more of a timetable on, right? Yes, we know we've got multiple story arcs. So yeah, I honestly think We Never Learn will be will outlast them. The, will outlast the two of them because of this extension. On its ending, essentially. Yeah, but I feel like either Demon Slayer or Promise Neverland could throw another arc at us before they're over. Totally possible. So, anyway, what do you have at number twenty, Kevin? I have a Gravity Boys number twenty. I like the Gravity Boys more than I think I ever have this week. I didn't love it. That's fair. I did not. Also, there's just a lot in here, honestly, that I thought was kind of mediocre. Everything we talked about, I pretty much liked. Yeah, but there were a lot of series that I would call like mid card series that I was like, oh man. That did nothing for me. There was definitely a lot of that, yeah. I have a Mitama at 20, because I thought it was a bad Mitama. Yeah. And Mitama's already not my favorite. It's my number 19. I can't agree, or I can't argue with you very much. I just, a Gravity Boys did not grab me in any way, and I was just more like, this is just dumb. Just end it, please. <laughs> Put, it out of it. Put it out of my misery. I have Chainsaw Man at 19, okay. and that seemed a little unfair to Chainsaw Man. I... Really had the feeling that if I was paying more attention to Chainsaw Man as a whole, I would have really liked this chapter. Yeah. But, it, but I didn't. <laughs> I have it a bit higher. I agree with you. It's very just disjointed and weird, but I think there was some cool stuff happening in it. So, like, it ended up going down because the presentation was bad, but the overall flow of the chapter felt really interesting yeah so that's why it went higher for me i agree with everything you said but it just did nothing like there was no aha moment or emotional spark in any of it for me and i felt like the craft was there but it was a failure and that's why it went so low for me i had a couple of like aha moments like "Ooh, this is kind of cool so i had a couple of those oh that's pretty neat like it wasn't presented superbly well so that's why it's still kind of down on the ranking but it was definitely that was really cool so i'll give you i'll give you some credit for your failure because it, it like it in my opinion it did not function properly but i at least saw what he was trying to do and thought that was kind of neat yeah and like i said i really had the feeling if i was paying more attention to the chainsaw man i might have really liked this chapter yeah. but he hasn't been able to make me do it what do you have at 18 i have samurai at 18 because of the rust nature of everything and it's just kind of like it, yeah all right and then it ended and I'm just kind of disappointed slightly. Yeah, I don't think that's unfair. I would also say I'm disappointed in Samurai 8. Though I think he did about as good as he could do with one more chapter. 
I mean, that, was. that's fair. It's just the, like, any of the endings like that that are rushed, even the last Sayuki's ending, which I liked quite a bit more, even though I didn't like it, it's just really hard to compare those to, like, endings like Food Wars. Or, or Naruto's, just because that's Naruto's like a long ending. series that I think nails the ending. Yeah, it's like, it's a really good ending, and it's really hard to complain, or it's really hard to compare that to a series that did not nail the ending. Like, yeah. yeah. It just left kind of a bad taste in my mouth of like, eh, well, I guess first it's done. First chapters and last chapters are both really hard to rank, because first yes. chapters are just so much better because they have so much more space, and last chapters are either like this catharsis moment or this failure. It's yep. real difficult. I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 18. I suspect you have it quite a bit higher. But I do, supremely higher. But I do not care about this guy at all. Uh, and it just looked like he was beating up another dude. That's that's totally fair. And I did not think the fight scene was particularly clever. Okay. What do you have at 17? I have Mashal at 17. Okay. It was actually still a pretty good thing of Mashal. That's why I think it went a bunch above a bunch of my other stuff that I think was down at the bottom. But I still, you know, it's not my favorite thing ever. So. Mashal went on much more like Shodan fight. Yes. Away, this like last two chapters. And it was weird to see it happen, but I thought it was pretty good. It was just It's not my favorite either. Yeah. But I have Zipman at seventeen. Fair. I have it at sixteen. Yeah, I mean I wanna like it. There's lots of elements of it that I like. There are lots of cool ideas that like final shot of him ripping the zipper out through the back of the chest is super good. Yes. And like it's all the things I want in my shonen manga, but it was so rushed, it's so messy. The fight scene is so all over the place. Yeah. Well, then, especially because, so it's like he rips the zipper out and is like, yes, I've saved my brother. And the chairman is like, oh, well, I got some good battle data. Come back to me. Wait, what? But he won. And then he has to pull out another win out of nowhere. And it's like, you're none of the rules that you're setting up in your story are being followed. And it's annoying as hell. Like, he took the zipper. He's won. That's it. Like, it would have been one thing if he had, like, partially destroyed the suit. He then tried to get it returned and then managed to get the zipper. But it was like, he, he won. And then you were just like, nah, I'm just going to use my uh, DM cheat mode and make it so that the villain escapes because I don't want to get rid of this character. And not yeah. that you ever do that, but. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel like the one time I tried to do that, you were not playing yet. And I just let them kill him and had someone resurrect him when they left the body. That's totally fair. <laughs> I Still, one of my favorite things was somebody who spent... God, it was like uh, he had a backstory for this dude and one of his players who was playing a uh, the arcane archer. Yeah, the arcane archer hit him with a death arrow and he managed to roll one twice on his fortitude save and killed this pit fiend in one shot. And he's like, well, there goes three weeks of prep work. <laughs> and he just rolled with it. But it was just one of those things of like, I hate you guys sometimes. That's when you have the pit fiend's brother who has the <laughs> same backstory. <laughs> Show up call, next week. Call me Landfill. Um, uh, I, I am Bytor's brother. Bytor! <laughs> yes. I have a Gravity Boys at 16. Okay. What do you have at 15? I changed the man at 15. Like I said about it, I had some... I had a couple of those, not like, yes moments, but like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I had uh, Undead Unluck at 15, and here's like everything Undead Unluck up, 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 I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I like that we get not his face, but Zex Marquise's hair, and it yes. just looks like Zex Marquise's from Gundam Wing's hair when he lets it down. Yes. And I like the idea, but like to your thing about feeling like it wasn't following the rules, I feel like they like establish rules about this clothing demon, and then when it gets on Andy, they change. Partly, but I had it 
I, had I, it, I didn't hate it. I had it slightly higher. I don't think it breaks the rules because the whole thing that they said was it makes the perfect outfit for somebody, and once it does, it uses that to control them. Okay, so it, it's because he can't make a perp like yeah. Got- it, that's the idea is that he cannot make Andy the perfect outfit, which is why the first thing he says when he latches on is "You want what?" <laughs> And Andy's like, nope, not satisfied. Like, so that's why he's not controlling him is because A, Andy is a nudist. And B, he's asking outrageous things of this thing. Plus the fact that, like, he's weird in his own way. I, like, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, I wasn't no. like, oh, this is total. No, it's it's uh, just a couple of spots higher for me. But gotcha. What do you have at 14? I have Haikyuu at 14. This was really cool Haikyuu. I, just really <laughs> I imagine wish- this is what Haikyuu is like if you read it from the beginning. I yeah. imagine there's a lot of this sort of thing. Yeah, so I was like, it just tends to go down because I'm like, wait, am I supposed to know who this guy is or is he new? Like, w- what? Yeah, just real solid backstory stuff. I actually put Haikyuu very high this week. Uh, in That's part totally Because fair. a lot of stuff, I th- like I said, I thought was a little bit mediocre this week. Um, I have Guardian of the Witch at 14. Okay. I have Undead Luck in 13, so... I have Mission Yuzakura at 13. It was kind of a weird Mission Yuzakura chapter in that it seemed like, oh, yeah, we had all these characters we haven't used in, like, six months. We better... I don't mean, think Mission Yuzakura has been around six months. But, no. Uh, and they're characters that I liked, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about those guys because they don't do anything. I mean, I didn't. And, it, like, it also isn't using two... It's not like it introduces the whole family. It's no. the elder sister, and then there's a little bit with the one the gamer sister the gamer sister who's it the really the only reason she's in there is like hey we're still decoding that glass bead thing like that's really the only like i don't get me wrong it just had like a weird like oh hey we have to get these characters in before the audience forgets about them because it's been so long feeling to me it Um, didn't feel that way to me but i tend to read a lot of stories that have such disparate casts that it like, well, yeah, it's, it's not, not common. The, yeah. It's not. It's hardly the first time I've seen it. Like Naruto will go. Like we we talk about One Piece. Smoker will be gone for literal years. Yes, and then you're super excited when he comes back. Yeah, but it, it wasn't Odai levels of uh, hey, it's that guy. But yeah. it was still like ah, oh, cool. It's a chapter with her. That's pretty neat. So it went a bit higher for me. What do you have at twelve? I have Black Clover at twelve. Like I like this stuff with Gray and. It turning out that she's also much more powerful than she believed, especially the whole the whole backstory stuff with her and Gauche and like how they interacted and why she joined the Black Bulls and all this stuff. Like, oh, that's really cool. But I feel like it's honestly kind of ruined with Yami showing up because I was expecting something with Asta. Yeah. Like I, I was expecting that. him to overcome this challenge. Maybe not completely beat the guy, but him to overcome the challenge, not Yami to show up and be like, yo, I'm here to save the day. Like, I'd liked Yami showing up. But I was like, I was kind of hoping Asta would do something. Like, we've seen he's ridiculously powerful and he bitch slapped some minions a couple chapters ago, but that's it so far. Like, we're after the power, we're after the time skip. I expect him to not get beat by the first guy he fights after the time skip. It's interesting to hear you say that just because I know you're a big Yami fan. And when Yami showed up at the end, I'm like, oh, Kevin will be happy about that. I get what you're saying, though. Well, I was super excited for Yami to show up, but it was at the detriment of Asta. Like, it would have been one thing if Asta hadn't been there at all. So it was like the Black Bulls fighting against this guy, losing. Yami shows up, saves the day. Sweet. I love Yami. But because Asta was there, I was like, I was expecting Asta to come save the day and not Yami have to come pull his ass out of the fire again. Yeah, I guess there's something about Black Clover. I talk about it a lot. I like Black Clover fine. And but I feel like it's always doing stuff like this to it to the point where I didn't even really think about the point you just brought up 
until you just brought it up because I feel like that happens in Black Clover all the time. I feel like it doesn't. Now, I mean, that's um, fair. And you, you're you more familiar with it than me. Like, I'm perfectly fine with Yami showing up. He is the captain. He's still the super-powered badass. Like, it's perfectly fine for him to come in and save the day every now and again. But I feel like this was the moment for Asta to shine and to do something, especially with this opponent that's being like, hi, you're weak, you're inferior. And so I was like, you just had this training time skip. Like, if this happened before the time skip, sure, whatever. Yami shows up, he goes to the training. But, like, the first dude you fight after the time skip, you should not lose to, Yeah, I feel like. I can agree with that. They could be doing the beat where he beats Yami and then Asta gets up. And totally that's fair. That's to show that. That, that, you that know. could show up. And especially because this guy also uses gravity magic, which Yami, well, I guess Yami uses darkness magic, but... Still, they're, they're Darkness kinda... and gravity are weirdly the same in Japanese anime. Yes, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Because I think Yemi also... Actually, Yemi might also use gravity magic. It just... He uses it all with, like, sword slashes and stuff because he was traditionally essentially a samurai before this. I mean, we brought it up immediately when the series started, but it's super weird to me how similar Machel and Black Clover were this week. Yes. When there are both fights with gravity dudes and... St- People with want to do everything for their sister. Yes. I have Dr. Stone at 12. Fun That's Dr. Fair. Stone, but didn't wow me. Yeah, I have it at 11. Or 11. I have Mashal at 11, actually. I Like I said, I like the Shonen fight stuff like fairly well. It's not knocking my socks off or anything. No, that's Don't get fair. me wrong, but yeah. it's more than I expected. And like this, the Mashal jokes really worked with, can, uh, opposite this guy who's obsessed with his sister. He's like, what's the most important thing in the world? He's like, cream puff? No. Life? No. no. French? No. no. My sister, obviously. Well, everyone has their priorities. I just really like that. <laughs> that that joke is really the one that... <laughs> okay, I was like, that was really good. I do like that. What's the most important thing in the world? Cream buffs. Yeah, he, I, he tries to say it twice, and I just love the reaction of, obviously, it's my sister. It's like, oh, well, everybody has their priorities. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, it, it was a very good mashal. So I have Hell's Paradise at number 10. Me too. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's slightly above average shonen stuff. Yeah, some good like, shonen battle stuff, some good friendship stuff. Yeah, people are yelling their beliefs while they slash swords at each other. Well, especially with the one, so the doctor samurai, I'm gonna call him uh, the short guy who likes dissecting bodies to learn about anatomy to further science, stands up for the crazy warrior dude. I like I've read them all. I've just forgot all their names. And I really like the kind of turmoil that the guy that they're fighting has been like, but I looked up to you, but I have to kill you now. And just that was really good. Where are we? Number eight? I, nine. Nine. Oh, nine I had Black Clover at nine. Okay. Mostly for the backstory stuff. I, that 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 works out like a charm on me. Yeah, I had Guardian of the Witch at nine. I, I know re- usually I go first, but because oh, we both I'm sorry. Hell's yeah. Paradise at number ten. But yeah, I had Guardian of the Witch at number nine. I don't have too much more to say about it. It was... I liked it. Uh, what do you have at number eight? I have Mission Yoda's Akira Family at number eight. I just, I really liked the stuff with the elder sister, especially with it started off kind of this, oh, she's actually terrified of ghosts. And I just liked the emotional turn at the end where she's like, I'm not actually scared of ghosts. What I am scared of is disappointing my family. Like, I'm the head of the family. I'm supposed to be able to do everything and I can't. And I've been shown that I can't. So instead of letting them see that, real terror of mine it's perfectly fine if they think i'm scared of ghosts and they poke fun at me for that reason i just really like that emotional moment of her coming out to tayo about it being like 
you know, obviously I'm not scared of ghosts. I know ghosts aren't real, but this is my... <laughs> I feel like ghosts might be real in Missionary Sakura family. Well, she, she'd probably be like, yeah, but I can murder ghosts. <laughs> but just being like... I, I do like the emotional moment, not yeah. the downplay. But the moment I really liked is the beginning. Uh, the beginning. He's like, yeah, she can beat the shit out of zombies or vampires or everything. She's scared of ghosts and curses because she can't beat the shit out, out of, of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm the martial arts one. I, what do you mean I can't hit it with my fists? What am I supposed to do? What sort of monk are you that you don't have the ability to punch ghosts? I guess she's just not that high level of a monk yet. Her her <laughs> she's, weapons... She's uh, specking Kamehameha's, not ghost punching. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that high level of a monk, but I think that's like level five when your fists become magical weapons, so that's... I, I think it depends on the edition. It does depend on the edition. I have Samurai A to date. Yeah. I... Really appreciated moments in this. Like, the Anne as a samurai bit, that was super good. I really liked the, like, showing of who the samurai were. I feel like he really made the best of, you know, having to end it here. I'm, that's totally fair. And, like, I also think he did a really good job of setting up a point that if they give him the chance, he could continue from here for a limited run. Possibly. I I mean, that's probably overly hopeful. Yeah. But I'm not willing to count it out. I mean, hey, Bleach is getting the <laughs> return of its anime after, what? Why? Six years? I mean, I guess I would just like Bleach Kai, honestly. I mean, I want everything Kai. Yes. But I just retake it back, throw all that filler out. I'll watch Bleach again. I'll yeah. watch that. Look, that Byakuya. Is it Byakuya? Is that Rukia's brother's name? Byakuya? Yeah. Byakuya, that Byakuya Ichigo fight? That's like a top 10 anime fight of all time. Yeah. No, that's super solid. So yeah, Bleach Kai would be sweet. So I have My Hero at 7. Okay. It, yeah. I, again. I, I, I kind of get it. This is... Again, the top of my list is kind of hard to rank. Uh, so this is the start of the top. This was this is my top card is my yeah. hero. <laughs> yeah, fair. And my hero is just kind of at the bottom of my top card just because I can't really put a good finger on it. I think if anything, it's probably that thing at the end where it's like, and Dobby's here to rescue twice. Okay, but that that was last week. Like uh, that's it's fair. fair, but that's that's why it's down there. Still super solid, but it's like. Okay. I have Haikyuu at seven. Like okay. I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, no, like, it's backstory stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, this is probably why people like Haikyuu. I bet there's a lot of this in early Haikyuu. Probably. Well, I, who knows? Maybe maybe I'll eventually get to it. So I actually have Jujutsu Kaisen up at number six. I really like that this character shows up. I really just love the moment where he's like, who, you know, who are you and how many of you are there? And then the person that he's fighting is like, I'm not going to tell you, and he just punches her in the face. And I actually like the combat in this, where I think it properly, like... It's a good curb stomp fight. Yes. I but just you well, have to be emotionally invested in those for them to yes. be effective, though. It's, like, kind of the core problem with Dragon Ball Z's fight scenes, is that there are, like, maybe two fair fights in the entirety of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. What it does is it makes you very invested in those by having the villain be the person who's winning for 100 episodes before... You know, Goku turned Super Saiyan or Gohan turned Super Saiyan 2. Yes. I, I can definitely see. I'm not... I was uh, sure this was going to be the hugest disparity on our list. Yeah. Because, like, I like this character. I do like, honestly, the panel where he first punches her, where it shows her or him bouncing off of the walls. Like, I thought that was a kind of interesting way to do it. Rather than it being speed lines, it was almost like after images of her impacting every surface. Or him, I don't know. I, I do I, not know if it's a guy. I or think a girl. we are supposed to. I think they're supposed to be even more evil because their gender is ambiguous. Yes. That, that trope everyone loves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we maybe know from before when he. That them, might be true. When Shim gets recruited. But 
I just I love that. I guess it's just that that curb stop fight, and I was just I was really invested in it. And it's really cool to see this character go loose. Yeah, it's very difficult to judge those when you're not like fully invested, especially a character I've never seen before shows up and does yeah, it. Well, and um, that's that's totally fair. So that's why I was like, I'm in a not way gonna... that like if All Might showed up and got it, you know, that doesn't really work because he doesn't have his powers anymore. If Endeavor shows up and fries someone, maybe I get super excited. Yeah. Although my hero is weird in that there's so little gap between the mentors and the students at this point. Yeah, but this is like early level stuff. Yeah, yeah. To me, this is kind of like Night Eye showing yeah. up and beating the shit out of somebody. Or like Akashi. I definitely get the feeling. Like, yeah. I can imagine what this does to someone who's invested in it. I'm just not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally fair. Where so are we, number six? Six. I have We Never Learned at six. Okay. I enjoyed it. It was cute. It wasn't my favorite. We Never Learned. It's still pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. I have Act Age at number five. Good. I do as well. I do as well. Mostly for the Chio uh, K stuff. Because that's like the core of Act Age and what I want more out of that every week. Yep. So I have The Promised Neverland at number four. Me as well. It's really good. I really like that Emma's like, can we just stop killing one another? Like, I do not want to kill you. Can we just have a conversation? Yeah, I super love that. Like, not pacifist, but that like centralist. Like, yes, mom like fed a bunch of my family to monsters. But literally, she had no choice. Yeah. Yes, you did a whole bunch of awful stuff, but you did no choice. We just like... Even even the person who started this mess yeah. had no choice. He was sick and tired of watching humans die, and so he he made a call. Demons like, literally have to eat us. Yeah. Or dead. Yeah, it was like demons literally had to eat us to basically survive. Mm-hmm. Like, technically, they would continue living, but they wouldn't. Well, I guess it's the difference between living and survival. So, yeah. like, they would survive but not live. Yeah. They're... they're Quality of life would be so diminished. Yes. So if they did not. I, I just really like that she's like, can we just stop? Like, just let's have a conversation. You just back down and everyone can go free. We can get out of this nightmare. Yeah, it was really, really strong. Yes. It probably would have gotten higher except for that coronavirus panel really took me out of it. That's fair. What do you have at three? I have one piece of three. Okay. It's just... It's super solid, and I just think the other things above it hit me a little bit more than One Piece this week. I had Demon Slayer at three, probably for exactly the same reasons you just said about One yeah. Piece. Yeah, I had it at number two. I had My Hero at number two, because like, that Hawks talking about never giving up, that's the core of Shonen. That's what I want. Yeah, And no, Twice it's... is probably my favorite villain in My Hero Academia, if we're being honest. Toga might be a close second. Uh, that's totally fair. So I had We Never Learned at number... One, just because I... Keeping it streak hot. Yeah, it wasn't just that, hey, it's on top yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, I got it. I'm just teasing you. Well, last week it wasn't... I don't even think it broke top four. Now, yeah. that was when... But just I like, put it on top last yes, week. Yes, but... Because I, I think it was number six for me, so we basically flipped on that. Yeah. But again, both these last two weeks have been really hard to rank the top card. But I just... I really love that... Just the cutesy scene at the end where they're linking pinkies together, and it's like, this is the game we're playing. Just really got me. I have One Piece at number one, just because it's what I exactly what I want to have One Piece. Like the ending with Kinemon, like that's such an ambiguous panel. I agree with your reading. I think that's what's going on there. Yeah, but, but it could go a whole ton of different directions in two weeks because we have no One Piece next week. Yes, the kid La Luffy like dynamic and how it just immediately goes back to what it was the first moment they met. Yeah. Is super good. I, I really love the like, ah, oh, you're all going to die because you don't have any backup. And Luffy's like, okay, yeah, but but you're a chump too. Like, yeah. We, yes, we all did get caught. Also, literally all of us yelled at your boss, 1v1 me at Baron, bro, and then lost. Yes. Well, I, 
I, yeah, I do like that aspect of like you don't you guys don't have any backup, and the three of them are like, we don't need any backup. Like I seem to have my entire crew here, which is way more than I need to beat the three of you. Yeah, it's like I can beat you single hand. Like I can beat all of you single handedly. So maybe fighting against all of the animal pirates might be pretty look, difficult. Look, Kaido might be hard. I don't know if my key blasts are good enough yet. Yep. Big Mom might be a problem too. But oh yeah, we forgot to. They well, officially announced the Big Mom Kaido team up. I mean, I feel chapter. like we already knew that. It's just the characters didn't. Yes. But that's yeah. what—that's more what I meant by they officially announced it. Like now, all the characters know too, because I think we knew because we saw them drinking together, but no one else knew. So Luffy's going to take out two, and then Luffy will be one of the four overlords, and I don't know, Kid will be another one. Yeah, because Law's going to become Law- part of uh, Luffy's, Luffy's crew. Dream. I mean, I feel like the three of them will team up. I feel like that's what. Yes, this but whole Kid, arc is for. Kid will not. Yes, Kid will not join the Grand Armada. I feel like. I feel like he will be like, no, I will be one of the emperors. <laughs> And we shall duel. A buggy should become an emperor. That's what it should be. I mean, honestly, <laughs> he probably will. I was like, that's actually way better. The Luffy, Buggy, Shanks, and Blackbeard. That that is a good four emperors to go out on. Yes, that would be great. Buggy with just this giant following and him being like, what? I can't deal with either of the three emperors in one-on-one combat, unlike any of the rest of them. On the other hand, I feel like Shanks would just be like, sup, Buggy? Want a party? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And Blackbeard will be like, I do not care about this literal clown. <laughs> yes. Luffy will be like, you're not in the way of the uh, of uh, One Piece, so. Yeah. <laughs> you're behind me. I don't even see you. Yes. That would be great. That would be great. Which is why I put One Piece at number one. That's totally fair. We will be back to talk about uh, Chiafune. Chihayafuru. Chihayafuru. After the break. All right, we read Chihayafuru Volume 1 this week. This was your pick, Kevin. Had you yes. seen the anime? Or no. Did you just, we were just aware of it. Okay. I was not aware it had an anime. Oh, I thought that's why you picked it, because you saw it had an anime. I literally, literally looked up sports manga. This popped up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, was like, I, I can see why. It is definitely on the outside of sports, but it does read like a sports manga, not to interrupt you. Yes. Honestly, if I were to describe its tone, it's a shoujo sports manga. Oh yeah, so it's super shoujo. Like even the art style, like specifically the art style. Because yes. like in like the games, it gets to. I don't want to say like shonen one, but it's very solid lines, very actiony. Yeah. But a lot of the like in between is just like that super airy shoujo style. Yes. And it's like used so intermittently, it's really weird. Yes. Because like also, but it's definitely super interesting. Like the emotional high of the first volume is like she falls out of a tree on the two boys who are on her team. Yes. And, like, it's the moment where they become friends. And that's not drawn like shoujo. No. But, like, just, like, random establishing shots of, like, their school are, like, the most shoujo art I've ever seen. Yeah, or random establishing shots of some of their faces during emotional moments. It's, like, time to activate shoujo vision. (laughs) Yes. 
Now I'm just imagining like inner Sakura, except for that instead of like an angry girl, she just gets shoujo vision sometimes, which would have made Sakura a worse character. Yes. But it would have been funny. That's what Ten Ten should have in the Rock Lee spinoff is there shoujo vision. There you go. Especially since that's chibi, and it would be pretty funny to just suddenly have them be super realistic shoujo style. Yes. <laughs> Especially shoujo Rock Lee would be hilarious. Yes, shoujo Rock Lee would be pretty great. How would they contain those eyebrows? <laughs> Uh, we got off the, yes, off the plot a little bit. It's about Hakunin Ishu, which is actually not the sport. That's what the poems are called. Yes, it's actually Karuta. So Karuta, yeah. You were right the first time, and I was also technically right in the fact that, because I was like, I read the wiki and it said this was what the sport was. But yeah, it's the 100 poems card game. That's Karukta. What they even call that it, that in this. So it's like, it's probably just some weird translation thing where it's like, Oh, yeah, the card game is actually, like, the official title is this, but everyone calls it this. Yeah, and, like, the translation of this is super weird. It's a difficult one, so I don't, like, blame the way the translator chose to go about it. Yeah. Like, because I don't know how I would do this. But it's a super difficult thing to localize. And it can only survive because there's such a, like, manga-hungry market in America that knows Japanese culture well enough or is familiar enough with familiarizing themselves with Japanese culture at the very least yep. that they're not going to be put off by this because this is such a weird game. Like, it's real. It's yeah. not like Yu-Gi-Oh! where they made it up and that makes it more bizarre in my opinion. It's like a children's learning game almost that like got taken super competitively. Yeah, I, essentially, yes. It's just, it's it's not bad. It's just weird to me that like, the purpose of this game is to teach you these hundred poems, basically. But anyone who's seriously playing it, like, doesn't connect with that at all. Sort of, but yeah, I guess it's to because they're not learning the hundred poems. Because because they... learning the hundred poems does not help you with this game. No, well, sort of. It, it does to an extent because, like, so there. It's a kind of a grade school thing that it's like. It's like marble racing. <laughs> it's, but it's more than no, that. Like, I, I just because there is serious competition for it in real life Japan, not even in just in this. I know manga. Well, there's real serious competition in marble racing. <laughs> uh, we, it was just something because we were talking about all the sports are canceled. That's and it's true. like not marble racing. That's true. But it's just one of those things of this is not the surprising thing to me because people tend to do this kind of stuff all the time. Where it's like even Pokemon, a children's card game it gets taken super competitively like even pokemon the game like the competitive aspect of pokemon the game where it's like this is a children's game that they then suddenly realize that they had to put a ton of time and effort into making it competitive worthy because there are certain people that are just like i'm gonna compete with this yeah it's just this is such a i think what's weird to me is competitive well, I say karuta. The name, karuta is just so against the spirit in which karuta was designed i feel yes which is not bad. It's just, this is the first time I've heard of this. Like, I think most people reading this probably. Yeah, I, I knew about playing Karukta beforehand from, I think, some Slice of Life stuff that I've seen. Yeah, and, like, if you look at the Wikipedia page for this, like I did, there's a, like, you know, in popular culture yeah. segment. Um, It's very popular to play at New Year's, I guess. Like, it's traditionally, you would play it at New Year's with I gotcha. your family. So I'm sure there's other anime and manga with it. I just haven't seen them. Uh, yeah, the like I said, I've seen it. Like it's obviously not the central theme as like with this one, but I've definitely seen groups of friends playing this, like during school or something like that. So the way the game works is not really important to the manga, but like I found this super curious. Is there are two hundred cards basically? Yep. 
100 of them have the first half of these 100 poems on them, and the other 100 have the second half. Yep. And the two players both get 50 of the second half cards and get to arrange them as they like on their side. Yep. And a impartial reader will draw randomly from the deck of the first half and begin reading, and you have to pull the corresponding verse as quickly as you can. Yes. So, like, there's a sport element in that you, like, you have to reach for it quickly. You have to reach for it quickly. But more importantly, you need to know as early as possible what the corresponding one is going to be. Yes. And you have to remember where Where it is. Yeah, where you put it. Like, at the start of the game, you set up your board, and then you get 15 minutes to study the layout before the game starts. Yeah. To memorize where things are. And, like, the main character's kind of quirk, for lack of a better term, is she's terrible at memorizing the placement. But as the game goes on and there are fewer and fewer cards to grab, she becomes much, much better at it. Well, because her, her main quirk is her, I'm going to call it auditory reaction time. It's super fast. Yes. There probably is a slightly more scientific version for that. It honestly might just be auditory reaction time. But essentially, she's hearing the words before other people are processing them. As weird as that sounds. I It was not presented this way, but I kind of thought she might be like being reading people's inflection of the way they were saying earlier syllables to realize how they were going to change them. There's a bit of that, but I think it's also... She's uh, literally processing it before. Yeah, because she they mentioned that yeah. she's hearing this, like, because they said on one of the final things, like, well, they said she, like the, the syllable she, and that could have been one of two cards that were out there. How did she, you know, she was just guessing, and he was like, no, because you have to wait until the second syllable, and he was like, no, she was probably hearing the start of the second syllable and registered it faster than... Well, then we did. And there was something slightly related with uh, Olympic swimming where there was a, I think it was a blind, or no, it was a, it was a deaf swimmer that had a, he would, they had to install a flashing light instead of the buzzer for, and they had both for the start sound for the swimming. And because his visual reaction time was faster than people's auditory reaction times, he was able to get off the block slightly faster than everyone else, even though they all heard like, the sound and the light happened at the same time, but because he was able to register it faster. You know, now it's a couple of like milliseconds faster, but it's still that kind of thing of her auditory reaction time is much faster than everyone else's. So she was able, even though it's just that little bit, she was able to, because she's also extremely quick as a person, was able to take advantage of that and snatch the card faster. Yeah, I I mean, all that is true. Um, What I was trying to bring up is that's like a... I imagine the weakness will go away as the series goes on, but it's a way to create quick tension in games. Yes. Because she's always losing in the back half. Yes. Just because of her strength set and then is set up for a comeback. Like I said, you can only use that so many times, but there aren't a lot of games of Karata in this first volume. No. Because the real focus is on how she finds this game and her relationship with these two boys. Plus her relationship with her sister. Yes. Although it's more her relationship with her family as a whole. Her sister is just the one that gets the most representation, I feel. I don't think it's just her family as a whole. I think it because like her mother is very supporting of both of them later on. But like when she first comes in, she's like, hey, look at this thing I want. Her mom's like, that's nice, dear. But your sister has this important thing going on. Uh, Yeah, there is a bit of that. But I still like part of me is like, ah, I feel bad for her. But at the same time with the mom, it was like, you know, that is nice, dear. But like the talent scout is literally in the room. No, like I literally do not have time to deal with you right now. No, and I also got that. But. I think, like, the emotional beat there is her family, you know, is yes. dismissive of this. Even though we see on and on her mother is always telling her sister, hey, you know, let her do her thing. But she never sells that to Chiaha. 
Yeah. So I don't know. That's like the main emotional hook to me is actually the family stuff. But like I said, yes, the focus is on her relationship with these two boys. Arata Wataya, who is this hick from the South who has no friends because he just moved here. Yeah, she'd be friends who was amazing at this game. He's like the champion of his age. Yeah, well, because his grandfather is like a grandmaster. Yes. An eternal master, I think. Is, that's is, the literal term. Is the literal term. But yes, he's a grandmaster of the game. His big thing is the memorization. He just, like, I really love... So at one point, the other friend of theirs, before he's their friend, he was Chiaha's friend beforehand, but he was mean to Arata because he's a hick from the South, and he's like, you're weird. I'm going to exclude you to make myself look better. That's probably not the literal thought process that goes through his head, even though that's how most bullies operate in that kind of, like, especially yeah. most popular kids. Like, they probably don't break it down at that level, but that's exactly what they're doing. Well, if I can make you look bad, I look good. And especially as we see more of Earth's character and we find out where that comes from. Yes. And the reason I emphasize her parents is, like, all three of these characters' parents are a huge influence on them. And that's kind of what it's about, because, Arata's like, more thing about is is more about his grandfather than... Yes. But, his parents, but you're right. It's family. Yeah, I guess you're right because like it's all of their families, but through Taichi, it's his mother that primarily we see. Yes, I guess you're right with Chiaha. It's mostly his sister that her her sister rather that represents that. Yeah, and with Arata, it's kind of his grandfather. Although it's almost not to say his grandfather's ghost because his grandfather's not literally dead. No, but his big thing is he's going to have to move back because his grandfather took ill. Yeah, so his whole family has to go back to because uh, it's like my mom's going back and then I've got to go back. Whereas they have a big every year karate tournament at the school. Yeah. And Taichi always wins because he's good at everything because his parents put a ton of pressure on him. Yep. And he loses, even though he steals Arata's glasses to try and well, it, it's not like, just, sabotage yeah, him. It's not just that. He. Well, um, and he tries super hard, too. Like, we find out that he was studying the game. And, well, like, I'm not saying that he cards. wasn't trying super hard, but he all it wasn't just the glasses thing. He also did. He did a couple other things that day to try and screw with him. Like, he spritzed cola in his face. Well, those just came to me as bully things, not, like, competitive advantage things. But you are well, right. I think that was, like, trying to mess with his opponent because he knew he was going to be trouble. And then stealing the glasses was definitely the big thing. And that's where we learned that Arata has amazing memorization things. Because he literally he looks at all of the cards during that 15 minutes and then is just snatching them literally without being able, like... They're like, them. he can't see. And it's like, well, he can see it in his mind's eye, so he knows where they are. And so Taichi cheats by moving the cards around, which is illegal, but, or at least it's not allowed in the actual game because you're not allowed to move the cards around after that 15 minutes. It's kind of like, you set them up, they stay there. Th there are rules under which you can, but okay. they are. You're not allowed to just move them. Yeah, and he literally, he literally just shuffles them. But like I said, the main crux is on the relationship between these three characters. Yep. And how after they do this big tournament, they all join a karate club together that's, like, mostly older people. Yeah, well... They, they, they get a mentor. <laughs> yeah, they get a mentor who's an older guy, and it's a couple of, like, teenagers. There are one, other kids their age. In yeah, one guy... Well, I, I gathered he was sort of their age, like, one or two years older. Yeah. Is the way it felt. And then the older guy is in, like, his 30s, maybe 40s, who's the, like, head of the club. Uh-huh. And he's super into Karuta, as is everyone playing here. Like, I do love the moment where the three of them are like, yeah, that's going. And then I was like, wait, no, like, stop. Because he realizes that they're they're reading the cards. So he's like, we shouldn't barge in right now. We should wait. Yeah. But anyway, and he's like, yeah, kids, like, they're super promising. I don't want to get them into it. But kids will quit if, like, their friends do. Yeah. Because that's just how kids are. 
And That's we, honestly totally fair yes, for a lot of is. different gaming things. Like, unless it's specifically a solo thing, even then, most of the time it's like, I don't want to play games that my friends aren't playing because it's like there's less reason there's nobody to talk with it about like it kind of sucks not being able to share like i had this fun time playing this game but i can't say anything to anybody because nobody else has played it so it's like a little disappointing yeah and she's like hey we should play this forever and like they enroll in this tournament that's going to be the last one before they finish elementary school yep but she finds out that taichi got into a super high class middle school yeah. Because he's super competitive. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm going there, even though, you know, it's far away and I'm not going to be able to join yeah. the club. He essentially made it into the Harvard of middle schools is essentially <laughs> how I, I read that. Well, like they were talking about like prime ministers have graduated. Like, yeah. I realized Japan is super strict where it's like getting into your super posh middle school is cool. But <laughs> um, I don't know. You're absolutely right. But I, it was hilarious the way you said it to me. For yes. Some reason. Well, just the fact that it was a middle school. Like I get the high school thing being way more competitive than the college thing. Uh, or like their high schools are way more competitive than ours versus over here. It's more of a, at the college level is where that kind of distinction starts showing up. But the fact that it's a middle school where it's like, Oh yeah, a lot of prime ministers have graduated from this middle school. It's middle school. But yeah, he gets in there. Arata has to go away because of his grandfather. And they're like, we're not going to be able to play anymore. And she has just kind of like, well, I guess I'm not going to play then. Like, there's no point in playing if you guys aren't going to be there with me. I was just deluding myself into finally thinking, I guess we should cut back a little bit. The whole reason that she really got into the game was she met Arata basically purely by chance. And her dream at the start of the volume is for her sister to be the Japan's next top model. <laughs> because she is a young model, to yeah. be fair. She's in the, the first thing we see is she's in the newspaper and she's like not on the front. She's yeah, like a runner-up, but she her picture is there. Yeah. She's in the contest, and she's like, I want my sister to be Japan's next top model kind of thing. Like, I want my sister to do well. That's my dream. And so she talks with Arata, and he's like, that's a horrible dream. What do you want? Like, that's fine if you want your sister to do well, but that can't be your dream. And so she's like, what do I want? And eventually she latches onto playing Karuta with these two two guys, and she's like, that's going to be my dream. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of towards the end of the chapter or the volume. And I really like that transition of like, basically the whole volume is what do you want to do? Like, what is your dream? Oh, cause admittedly her first dream is stupid. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, yes and no. I think supporting someone like that is not a bad dream. Being your sister specifically is sort of different. Well, and it, but it, I definitely like it, especially for someone so young. She should want something for herself. Well, like and it's not message. also it's not just that. I think having your dream to be to support somebody is very good, but that's not her dream. Her dream is her for her sister to do well, not for me to help my sister do yeah. well. Which is very like yeah, yeah. I, your your right. dream should be selfish, even if it's selfless. Like I want to help support this person do well. That's you wanting to do something, not I want her to do good okay but what about you like even if you have a selfless dream you yourself should still be in it and what i really like about her relationship with her sister specifically is the more she gets into karata the more her sister's like hey why aren't you around like it's almost like an attention whore thing yes but also there i think there is genuinely a level of like my sister's always been here to support me she's always been my number one fan and we should see that continues like when she finds out yep her sister's in a magazine. She gets super excited and takes a bunch of photos. But, like, she's not devoted to it anymore. Yeah. 
I really like, so at the end of the volume, they had those like four panel comics and that expanded the sister relationship just a little bit where it's like, yeah, she's still a little bit of attention whore and kind of a snob, but she is starting to listen to her mom being like, hey, you stop telling her that Karukta is stupid and her dream is stupid. Like you should support your sister like she's been supporting you this whole time. Yeah. I do love those little comics specifically like, yeah, it's against the law to give children money once they get older than that. So good. <laughs> like, because he's Ta- poor, Alrata also heard that, but Tai Chi's rich and he's got... Yeah, he got, of- he got like... He got 100,000 yen. He, yeah, he got over 100,000 yen, which I don't know the conversion rate, no, but that's a, that's a shit a ton of money. a lot of money for a kid. Yeah, that's a shit ton of money for, uh, like... That is one hell of a gift. I do love that Arados goes to his mom. It's like, yeah, but but my friend Taichi said he got money. It's like, well, how did much he get? A hundred thousand? No, that must have been his dad's bonus. bonus. There's no way some kid would get paid that much money. I was like, well, I mean, if you know, you're like, if your dad is Bill Gates, if you're Seto Kaiba, yes, <laughs> and he is the Seto Kaiba of this, yes, not really. No, he's, he's more like the Joey, but but he's the rich kid. Yes. Anything else you want to say? I feel like we were all over it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't I, know if I want to go back to it or not. I don't know either. But, but I did really enjoy talking about it. Though. Yes. It was a fun ride. The art style switching was definitely very interesting. So that was something to keep me involved because it was still very good, even with it kind of switching styles midway through. I really liked the characters. Maybe this is like, I like I said, I didn't know there was an anime. So maybe I'll watch that. Like, it's pretty interesting to get into this I'm a huge fan of children's card games, so I cannot get, I cannot fault people for being like, why would you get into something like Karukta? Like, no, that, that's totally fair. I would absolutely do something like that. One thing I do want to talk about is I love the advice that the mentor gives Chiaha when she's like, I'm just, I'm really struggling to memorize all the hundred poems. And he's like, well, stop thinking of it as trying to memorize the hundred poems and thinking of it as making a hundred friends. Because she's a kid and, like, she kind of wants friends. That's one of the things that, like, she secretly wants, even though she doesn't say that, is I made friends with Arata, I made friends with Taichi, and, like, I want my friends. So he's like, you know, you should make friends with these poems, thinks of it that way. And so when they mention that she struggles during the first half of any Karukta match, she's kind of like, well, I'm going to win now because uh, even though I've been trying really hard to make friends with all of you, there are definitely some of you that I'm better friends with. And right now it's all of my best friends out on the board. So there's no way I could lose. Like, I really like that moment of her being like, I know I've been trying to make friends with all of you guys, but I unfortunately have become better friends with some of you. And like kind of her sadness in that tone of I wasn't able to memorize all of you. As well as I did some of the other ones, but I'm at least good that all of my best friends are out on the table and there's no way I could lose now. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say, so that'll bring us to Personality Parallel. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality Parallel is the segment where we rank characters from manga from best to worst. At the very top is Uzumaki Naruto. At the very bottom is the guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And dead in the center is Maka from Soul Eater. It's kind of hard for me to rank Chihaya, but I guess okay. we should just like get into it. I think she's pretty good. Yeah. I'm looking for a sports protagonist. I, I definitely am... really like her relationship with her family. Yeah. And that pushes her a lot higher, I think, in my head. We have Sukuragi Hanamachi from Slam Dunk. My gut says above. Yeah, I think she's more 
complicated than him in a good way. Like, she's got a lot more depth to her, so I would definitely put her above him. How do you think she compares to Anise Murphy from Cypher, just because they're both kind of shoujo girls? Yep. Again, I my gut says higher. That's honestly fair. I really found myself connecting with her, especially with the kind of down-to-earth problems that she has. <clears throat> I'm not sure her to compare her to next. Like, I have definite feelings. I don't want to just go with my female characters. Fair. Who's someone who's got that same good shonen energy? Like, that's what it is, right? She's got that shonen competitive spirit. Yep. That's what I think I like on to, like about her. I think the next character that has a lot... I guess Rekka from Re- Flame of Rekka has a bunch of that. I'm honestly not sure how I feel. We've read a lot more of Rekka. We have. In some ways, I think Chiaha comes off stronger. Yeah, a little bit. She's got that great competitive spirit. She's got that really interesting personal flaw that really helps out flesh out her character more and make her both more likable and her competitive spirit and wanting friends better. Like, oh, because stuff isn't super, not, not that it's not good at home, but like, because she's a little bit disrespected at home, she wants friends even more. So that makes her relationship with the two boys even more important and better. So I could, I could see her above Right above Rekka is Ochiko from My Hero Academia. My gut says below her, but I'm having trouble justifying why. I I also would go with below. I'm a big Ochiko fan, and I think it's just, it's a bit of, we've known her more, and I think Ochiko's uh, Shonen Spirit is just a little bit more as well. Like... We haven't seen a whole lot of it recently in My Hero, but she's definitely, like, her fight with Bakugo is just amazing to show, to really help flesh out her character, being like, even she, I like how, I don't remember if it's her that points out, but she's kind of like, uh, even I've just been relegated to the, the love interest, not, she doesn't say love interest, but like, even I've just been following Deku around, kind of like, I need to be my own person, and so that was something I really liked, and I realized that happened, you know, forever ago, but... My hero's got a lot of characters. Yes. So Chiaha Ayase will go at number 16 above Rekka and below Chaku, whose name I cannot say the same twice in a row or correctly. Yes. Next week, April starts, right? Yes. Correct. So we are yes. going to read another chapter of Flame of Rekka, and by chapter I mean volume. Yep. They're the same, right? Chapters and volumes? Sure. We'll be reading several more chapters of Flame of Rekka, but I- we will be reading at least one more, so you are technically correct. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against Wood's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emmerich. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can find our other shows, including It's a Gundam and Last Time on Video Games. www.patreon.com slash lastpodcast is our Patreon page if you want to help support the show financially. You get a couple of bonus episodes in return, mostly related to our other shows. Is there anything you'd like to plug this week, Kevin? No, not this week. Uh, Stay safe this week, everyone. See you next week.